What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Wiregrass High School Football Report brought to you by the radio people. This is your weekly look at all things high school football in the Wiregrass. I am your host, Philip Jordan, the studio host and producer for Dutton Woods Football on I-6.9, The Legend. Thank you for making this show part of your day. Sadly, this is the season finale episode of the Wiregrass High School Football Report. Been a really fun year. It's going to be a fun show uh, to close out the season uh, here on the podcast. I'll be joining us a little bit by Josh Batwell from the Southeast Sun, and we will talk about Enterprise football. They lost to Auburn on Friday night, 56-21. We will look at the future of Enterprise, get his thoughts on the retirement of Smitty Grider for the Dothan Wolves, and we'll also look at some other teams in the coverage area. And, of course, you'll have around the Wiregrass looking at the scores from Friday night in the area. Before we do all that, let's guys know you can find me in the podcast. You can find me on social media at P. Jordan SCC. Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, so please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review. I will read it on a future edition of the show. You can also check out the show on 955.tvy.com, 969thelegend.com, and 1067kmx.com as well. And uh, please go download those apps also. You can find a podcast there. You can always email me at sports.philjordan at gmail.com. And for the final time this year, let's go around the wire grass. All right, first up, we're going to start with Clark County and Ayrton that played on Friday night. Clark County, number two in the state. Uh, they defeated Ayrton 27-20. to 20. Ayrton finishes the season at 10-2. and two. Ayrton was stopped on a late fourth down on the one-yard line. They were led in the game by running back Jordan Smith, who had 154 yards and three touchdowns. In 3A, T.R. Miller defeated Op 35-14. Op ends the year at 9-3 overall. Also in 3A, Slocum was defeated by Hillcrest Evergreen 39-37, where Slocum closes out this season at 8-4. Started 2-3, went on a six-game winning streak after losing back-to-back games to Ayrton and to Houston County in the middle of the season. Rolled off all those wins. Another really, really great year. Horse looking Red Tops back to back 3A Region 2 champs. In 1A, now here's some winners here we have in the Wiregrass. Brantley defeated Millery 48 to 15. Brantley goes to 11 0 in the season. Next, they'll be at Keefe, who's 10 and 1 on the year. They defeated Notasolga 19 to 2. And I'm pretty sure I mispronounced that team's name. I think I do every time I have ever said uh, that team's name. Andalusia, they defeated Demopolis and Andalusia is in 5A. So Andalusia is 8 and 4 on the year now. They defeated Demopolis 48 to 26. They will now host UMS Wright, who's 11 and 1. Uh, that team beat Greenville 14 to 12 in the second round. Now there's two games I did not mention there. That's because we're going to talk about them with Josh Batwell. And I'm going to play that conversation for you guys right now. Everybody joining me today this week on the season finale of the Wiregrass High School Football Report is good friend of the show, Josh Batwell, Southeast Sun Sports Editor. Of course, he covers the Enterprise Wildcats. And uh, Josh, as always, uh, good to have you on the show. Uh, it's my pleasure. I appreciate it. I enjoy coming on every time. Yeah, man, the, the season is over uh, for a lot of teams here in the Wiregrass. As I said there, this is the season finale of the podcast. Always brings um, sadness to me when I hear myself say that, just – uh, for you, you know, overall this this high school football season, what, what's been the biggest things that just stuck out to you just, you know, overall, not just enterprise-wise, just, you know, high school football here in the area and what you've seen and just the season overall? Feels like I say this every year, but just craziness. There was just a ton of craziness all year. Um, it was fun. I just, as a, for a personal thing, um, 
a few months ago, it felt like I was never going to be able to go up stadium steps or anything else like that again on oxygen and everything like that. So it, it definitely felt good for me personally just to be able to get out there and have fun watching football and covering these guys. Yeah, and it just felt like, I mean, you know, things obviously aren't all the way normal yet, but it just felt like more of a normal season, especially compared to what we had to, you know, go through last year. Oh, without question. I know it's got to be a, a big thing for these schools, too, because I was just at a, a school board meeting last week where the where the school system was talking about um, giving the athletic and band programs money out of their general fund to try to offset the amount of money that they had lost in the previous year because of all the COVID, COVID restrictions and everything like that. So, yeah, it was definitely good to see the, the stands packed out this year. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, let's we can jump into the enterprise. I mean, another fantastic year. What, you know, and we're going to talk about this at the end of the conversation uh, about their, of course, they did lose on Friday night to Auburn 56 to 21. But we'll talk about at the end about Coach Darrington going in now to year four of next year. Uh, but it's a uh, 56 21. And I know early on, uh, enterprise did have some good moments there. I know, you know, Auburn came out. This is the second time in what three weeks these two teams have played. Uh, Auburn came out early and got the first score, goes up 7-0. But uh, Enterprise, uh, they, they did make some noise early in this game and got the thing tied up with a big big play by Amari Griffin. Yeah, um, at the beginning, it kind of felt like a kind of a heavyweight just slugging it out back and forth. Um, uh, that Enterprise had a couple of mistakes. Uh, a punt actually hit the up man. And um, instead of anybody covering it up or just making sure I tackled was made an Auburn guy scooped it up and raced about 60 yards for a touchdown and that really kind of felt kind of like the air just kind of come out of everybody at that point because I think they went up 21-7 at that point Enterprise was able to come back and, and get another big play on a, a Michael Johnson touchdown but after that Auburn just scored just almost at will at that point um also just penalties just you, you're not going to be much of anybody when you penalize 16 times, and a lot of guys lost their composure on both sides of the ball, uh, both sides of the field, Auburn Enterprise as well. And I not only throw shots at referees, but I thought the officials did a really poor job of controlling the game and letting things go a little further than they should have in terms of like when a play should be dead, just letting it go on, and it led to some things happening. And I just, you know, it was it was a struggle really from the. Midway through the second quarter, it was just kind of Auburn dominated, especially on with their with their big offensive line. Yeah, and you know, obviously, they did a good job against Enterprise defensively too, as well. I mean, held Enterprise to numbers they're not used to seeing, especially in the ground. I mean, I know uh, both Mark Griffin and Michael Johnson had some big runs and there, made some big plays, but overall, uh, consistently, the offense, you know, wasn't what we're used to seeing or reading about or hearing about with Enterprise. What was Auburn doing? Forcing negative plays on first down. That's the big thing is stopping enterprises, making sure, and also being disciplined. Uh, if anybody's seen the way enterprise runs the ball, they have a lot of eye candy with uh, spins and fakes and things of that nature. And Auburn did a really good job of stretching them out and making sure that, uh, they're following the ball and not just following the eye candy. Did a good job with that. And like I said, uh, forcing negative plays on first down, putting enterprise behind the chains, and also the penalties really, really hurt. Yeah, because with Enterprise, their team obviously, you know, with their style of offense, they play that single wing style offense. They they don't want to get behind the chains. They want to you know get ahead of them, obviously, and that it does open up things for uh, Quentin Hayes at quarterback. But um, 
with their running ability and taking out a way. That, that's a big thing that hurts them if they have to throw the ball constantly, especially if the other team knows it. Yeah, there's just not a ton of options, honestly, with a receiver. When most of your receivers that are on the field, when you go into those spread packages, are typically running backs, and that hurts. Um, and when you get behind the chains, it kind of forces your hand to do things that you're not comfortable with, and then the defense knows what you're doing. Yeah, so, you know, oh, but on defense side of the ball, I know they gave up 56 points here, but uh, Tyson Cole had a pretty good game there for Enterprise. I know he got the fumble that, you know, equaled a touchdown later by Michael Johnson. And uh, he had a pretty good um, game, you know, in tackles-wise. So, I mean, that was a standout there for Enterprise on the defense side of the ball in this game. Yeah, Tyson Cole had a, a good game. He had a sack. He had a he recovered a fumble. Um, he's a feisty a kid. He's, he's only about 5'8", five, 5'9". But he uh, he definitely plays larger than his size, stature. Those other couple of guys, like Eric Winters, had a couple of big plays. He then got ejected later on in the game. But he's a young guy. You know, emotions were running high there at the end. And we saw it a lot back and forth. But I mean, there's a lot of good, big, uh, young players coming back from this team next year. Yes, yeah, so, you know, of course, and going into halftime, 36-14, which it was 21-14 after that Michael Johnson score. So, I'm sure a lot of enterprise people that there had said, okay, you know, like you said, close game. But then they score 15 points there uh, to close out the half and then come out and score some quick points early in the second half. Um, what what was – was it anything different with Auburn when they came out in the second half or was it just, uh, you know, they were just doing what they were doing in the first half and that's how they kind of extended and really put the game away? Yeah, they just kept doing what they were doing primarily setting up the pass with the run and enterprise really just they didn't have any answer for that offensive line so you know we look at uh enterprise going forward uh going into next year you know you hate to have I hate to say that because, you know, the season is over with. But, you know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago when I had you on with what Coach Darlington has done. Uh, five or six the first year, but didn't make the playoffs. Then you go seven and four last year. Then you go eight and four this year. Uh, so he's, get, you know, increasing that win total every year. Made, made the playoffs all three years. In a very tough region in 7A Region 2, talk about it all the time. You've got Auburn, you got Prattville, you've got Central Phoenix City in there. Just to talk about, you know, what Coach Darlington has done in his, his three years and just really turning this program around where there is an expect, expectation now that they're going to be in the postseason. It really is night and day. And um, I, I say this before, I say it all the time. Um, it, it really is the culture of it. Um, the guys feel like and they believe they're going to the playoffs. They believe they can beat whoever they get on the field uh, with each week. And I think that's the that mindset is the biggest thing that uh, has changed with Coach Darlington. As well as, you know, I mean, it is, when you watch this team, it is almost like a little college, the way they do everything kind of business-like in terms of going to the weight room, working out in the offseason, and things of that nature. And, you know, looking ahead, obviously, once again, to 2022, okay, when we talk about this off-air, Michael Johnson will be back his senior year. I told you he's a, he's a kid that you see his name in the paper, you hear about him on the highlights on all the news stations. You feel like he's been playing there at Enterprise for uh, longer than uh, than he has, but the, he has been playing, as you said, off the air since he was a freshman. So he'll be going to his senior year. Uh, what does it look like with this team? Like, who, are, who are they losing on the senior side of things uh, for next year? The big thing, the big loss week, uh, Quentin Hayes, at quarterback, I mean, he's that's going to be huge. He, he's really almost kind of like the prototypical guy for Rick Darlington's offense, what he wants to do, the different things they want to do, be, <clears throat> being able to run the single wing, 
as well as getting out in the spread and doing those types of things. Um, also losing uh, Nick Cox and um, Harrison Gamble on the offensive line is going to be big. They're their two biggest offensive linemen and most experienced. <clears throat> and then, really, um, Enterprise is really five deep on the defensive line um, most of the time, and all five of those guys will be uh, graduating this year. Um, other than that, though, <clears throat> I'm looking, and Jackson Blunt, a linebacker, is also a senior. Um, but other than that, I mean, pretty much everyone else is coming back. They have uh, a lot of young guys on the offensive line this year that got some experience. Like you said, Michael Johnson, who feels like he's been there as long as I've been doing this. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> every record there is to break, he's probably going to end up breaking it at Enterprise. <clears throat> but Amari Griffin, who came up this year, ran for over 1,200 yards. He'll be back next year. He's on the sophomore this year. Um, Aiden White will be a senior next year. Um, who knows? Maybe he might – running up quarterback a little bit maybe next year, um, as well as receiver and running back. Um, and he also played defensive back this year, too. So. But then on the defensive side, I mean, you got Mysavius Reed, who had, had almost 100 tackles. He wasn't able to play in this last playoff game. He probably would have got over 100 tackles. Also, almost 15 tackles for loss. He'll be back. Tyson Cole will be back. Bryson Chapman will be back. Eric Winters, who, if you look at that kid, man, like, he's got D1 written all over him. He's, he's about 6'2". He's a huge kid. Only a freshman, like I said. Um, Keon Dunlap will be back. Um, this was his first year ever playing in the secondary. He played a running back as a freshman. As a sophomore, he, he's been a start safety every game. He just got an offer from Ole Miss. So he'll be back. Keandre Matthews, who started most of the season at cornerback, will be back. Um, so there's a, a JT Hooten at linebacker, another young sophomore. He'll be back. So there's a lot of uh, young guys coming back. I think the defense in the next couple of years may be something that Enterprise will be able to kind of look back on as the old days of enterprise defense. Yeah. And that's going to be big. You look at that, just, you know, hearing you name all the guys coming back and really not, you know, losing a whole lot. So that's going to be big with the experience factor too. Cause then you've got guys, I mean, they're not going to be intimidated as the teams I mentioned earlier with a Prattville central or Auburn, which in all these last, you know, two years, especially all three, I mean, they have been very competitive with them teams as well. Uh, so it, it, the future is looking bright for enterprise going into next year. I agree 100%. And I think the, the, the mindset anymore is that we're just going to get to the playoffs. I think now is we're going to make a deep run in the playoffs every year. So, uh, you know, kind of looking to uh, – and I did not ask you about this before pre-show so i can edit this out if this is throwing you off guard but uh we're talking about 7a region two uh of course the team i am the producer for dothan on i-69 uh did, did it uh catch you by surprise last week that uh smitty grider announced that he was retiring yeah that that was a little shocking I, I didn't expect that i didn't see that coming um i know he's very well liked over there and um i know dothan's had a, a rough couple of years so i'm i don't know i, don't, I know i've heard he, he's he's made his money and he's ready to come out in terms of business outside of coaching. So he's kind of ready to relax or maybe he might find somewhere else to go. But yeah, it was a little surprising to me. Um, that's definitely going to be a, be a hot job. I would think. Yeah. And, and look, like you said, the last two years moving to seven, a, you know, Dustin has not made the playoffs, but there's not many coaches out there in the state that have a resume that Smitty Grider has. And I don't know uh, how how many how much interaction you had with him because, you know, like I said, you're an enterprise. But I know for me, especially last season, we did the coaches show. It was always very friendly, and pretty much everybody in this area that's in the media has talked about how he was always very uh, accommodating with media members. So uh, he, I think he's going to be missed in this uh, area uh, with – when it comes to coaching and and Dustin, I think it's got some really big shoes to fill in that regard. 
Yeah, I would agree. Uh, my interactions with him have been pretty much just talking before the season, just a little bit. Anytime I've ever needed anything from him, he's been gracious. And like you said, everyone, I've never heard anybody have a, a bad word about him. Yeah, I think Dustin, the Dustin Wolves program was lucky to have uh, Coach Grider, and, and of course, you know, wish him well. You know, in retirement, hope he enjoys it. I'm sure it's going to be going to be nice. And I know he, he made a big statement on Facebook, Twitter, and everything, you know, about spending more time with his with his family. So, uh, a couple teams that are in your area also that lost on on Friday night, but a tremendous seasons both Elba and Kenton. Of course, Elba lost 32 to zero to Highland Home. Uh, they ended year ten and two. A tremendous year there for Coach Steven, winning the region in 2A Region 2. And then Sweetwater defeated Kinston 54-7. to But a historic year there at Kinston, 8-4 school record. Uh, hosted their first ever uh, playoff game and won a playoff game for the first time since 1987. I believe they were ranked for the first time, too, in program history. Just uh, any thoughts on those two programs there in the, the same area you're there at uh, over at the Southeast Sun? Yeah, I know uh... – Folks in Kinston are very happy with uh, Coach Rudy Free. Um, I'm a little biased because he is a distant cousin of mine, but um, I think when you look at like yeah, how Kent, what, what Kinston has been historically, and then I mean, just it, it's insane what they accomplished this year. And I think everybody over there has to have their head up high. I mean, not just to get to the playoffs, not just to win a playoff game, but they hosted a playoff game for the first time. That's a big thing. Um, the most wins in school history in a, in a single season. Uh, you can't stop at any of that um so i think as long as coach rudy free is there i think they're gonna they're gonna be someone you have to watch out for in 1a as far as elba goes um i was a little surprised by this game i honestly i if you would have told me that pick one team in 1a through 7a who you think will be you would put money on is going to the state championship this year i would put it on elba and i'm being honest on that i'm not biased either because i'm that's my alma mater or anything like that um they're just a really good team, and man, Highland Home had uh, hats off of them because they put in work. Um, but again, just like with Kinston, the the work that Coach Stevens has done over there in implementing that single wing offense that he uh, learned while he was at Enterprise has been incredible. And the type of talent and athletes they have over there, um, it it kind of fits perfectly. It's that old school. Everybody over loves that old school type of football um they're gonna lose Cristal Caldwell that's, that's huge because I mean he's one of the best linebackers in the state in my opinion um he's starting to get love from some SEC schools now but they also have a lot of talent coming back Alvin Henderson I mean you just look at all the the number the uh offers he's gotten the last couple of weeks Ole Miss Arkansas Syracuse it's just gonna get more because he's a young guy and um Makes me feel old considering you know, I keep saying these names Alvin Henderson and Marzavius Reed at Enterprise. I actually graduated with both of their moms, so it, it makes me feel old. But I think mean, <laughs> that I think oh, both of those teams and both those schools are in very good hands. Yeah, absolutely. It was a uh, it was a fun year. Uh, covering uh, high school football in Wiregrass. And like I said, we did this stuff with Kinston. That was great to see that. And I uh, had uh, Coach Steven here on the show a couple times this year. He was awesome on as well. Great, great football coach. And uh, Elba's going to be good going forward and be entering, you know, same thing with Kinston as well uh, there in the Coffee County area. And, Josh, uh, as I let you go, you know, I do like to say appreciate you coming on. Came out a couple times this year as you have the last three years. As I said, this is the uh, quote-unquote season finale of the Wiregrass High School Football Report for the 2021 season. But uh, any final thoughts on your end as uh, we close out another high school football season? It's been a it's been a fun ride, and um, I, when I get to this end of the year, especially <laughs> as many miles I've, I've, I've clocked this last couple of these last few weeks, uh, I kind of 
I feel almost kind of relieved. Um, but then in a couple of weeks, I'll be like, damn, man, it's Friday night. I wish I was at a football game. So um, looking forward in about, uh, what, four or five months getting ready for spring football, and then we'll, we'll get ready for the fall again. I can't wait. Yeah, same here, same here. I always look forward to, to this, and I, I'd always hate doing this final episode of the season. Well, anyways, Josh, I do, uh, like I said, appreciate the time. Uh, where, can, where can people find you and um, the coverage over at Southeast Sun? Uh, go to www.southeastsun.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Southeast Sun or on Facebook, the Southeast Sun. You can follow me on Twitter for all my ramblings at uh, Josh Battle Sun. All right, Josh, sounds good, uh, as always. And once again, I appreciate the time, and I'm sure me and you will be talking again sometime down the road. Uh, it's my pleasure. I appreciate any time. And thanks again to Josh Batwell for being on the season finale episode of season three of the Wiregrass High School Football Report. And before I get out of here, before I close up the, the podcast, of course, there's no games, no schedule to, to give you in this segment. But what I want to do is uh, send out a bunch of thank yous uh, this season. Uh, as I do every year in the final segment of the last show of the season. And a lot of people to thank. First up, thank you for the radio people once again for allowing me to do this, allowing me to be part of the Dothan Wolves broadcast on 96.9 The Legend every Friday night with Jerry Coleman and Ken Lambert. And I'm going to kick it off with them. Jerry and Ken were, as they have been previous seasons, the first guest. We always do our preseason preview of the Dothan Wolves in the area. So thank you, Jerry and Ken, for being on. Thanks for putting up with me uh, every Friday night uh, as your producer. Well, big thank you to Cottonwood head coach Dustin Harrison. I think the Cottonwood Bears are in a good position, good direction. I believe they went 5-5 five and five this year. Didn't make the playoffs. Uh, they were in the, the playoff conversation through most of the year. Uh, finished fifth there in 2A Region 2. Uh, WDHN sports director Sylvie Sparks. Uh, I know she was new to Wiregrass. It was awesome for her to come on in the preseason, give her thoughts on on the, the season coming up. And uh, we talked about her, you know, career and going into this. I appreciate her time early in the year. Uh, Carroll head coach Patrick Plott. I appreciate him coming on the show. Uh, Slocum head coach uh, Richard Tisdale, one of the regulars here on the Wiregrass High School Football Report, as well as Geneva County head coach Jim Bob Stripling. Uh, another great conversation, another great interview whenever uh, I would have him on the show. Uh, new Brighton head coach Zach Holmes and uh, Elba head coach Mark Seaving. They were they were new regulars uh, here on the show. I hope in the, the future get to talk to them more in future seasons. And uh, finally, WDHN's Michael Rinker. Of course, Michael moved over to more of the news side, but he was still part of the extra point and had a lot of fun talking with him a couple weeks ago when the regular season ended and we kind of looked ahead to the playoffs. So thank you to all of them, uh, guys, girls, uh, for being great guests this season on the Wiregrass High School Football Report. And thank you to all of you who listen. Uh, I really appreciate you making this part of your day. Try to keep the podcast at 30 minutes. I know it goes lengthier than that sometimes, but I do appreciate uh, you taking out the time listening to the show. And uh, any positive feedback I have got from this podcast, I really do appreciate it. And uh, that's going to do it. This is the 2021 uh, high school football season here in the Wiregrass. is uh, pretty much in the books. Like I said, Andalusia and Brantley are still playing. So good luck to those two uh, moving forward. Hopefully one of you or both of you can uh, bring a state championship home. And uh, this is not the last you'll hear from this podcast. I plan on doing some special editions here and there between now and start next, next season. But on the regular weekly basis of this podcast, being brand new this is a this is the finale for that 
Uh, remember, you can follow me on social media at P. Jordan SEC. And if you want to hear me, uh, there is another way you can do that all year long. I post it on my Facebook pages and on my Twitter page as well. The Philip Jordan podcast. Please go check that out if you just like uh, hearing good sports conversation, good conversation anyways, uh, doing that one twice a week. So you can go check that out if you miss hearing me. And uh, I got all all of the kind of content out there. So just, just search for me and uh, you can find it. And you can check out, this is your first time listening to the Wireless High School Football Report. You can listen to all previous episodes over on Apple Podcasts. So please follow, rate, and review. Really appreciate it. If you do that, of course, the show is available on 955.tvy.com, 965.1067kmx.com as well in the apps. Also, you can also on the 96.9 The Legend website and app, you can also check out all our previous uh, replays of Dothan Wolves football games. If you want to relive the 2021 season, you can go do that as well. The full broadcasts are there. Uh, last year's is still up when we did the kind of condensed version, the Dothan Wolves replays there. So uh, you can go and uh, check that out as well. And uh, lastly, you can always email me at sportstalkphilipjordan at gmail.com. Once again, it's been an honor doing this show once again this season. I appreciate you guys listening. And for the final time for 2021, you'll be listening to the Wiregrass High School Football Report. And I'll talk to you guys later on down the road.